first Sabbath of 2016. Did you think you'd be here a year ago? Did you think two years ago you'd be here? But we're here, and we're so thankful that we could be here to worship the Lord and uh, honor him as our God. But being the first year uh, that uh, you and I remember ever being upon the face of this earth, uh, when you were four, five years old, or three, some people remember it even earlier than that. And then to think that here we are, 2016. As my wife mentioned, we're happy for the health, all of us, that we have, for all the blessings that we have received last year, for the health that we have, and for the traveling mercies that we have, and then also on top of it all, uh, there are some of our members that are gone because they are taking advantage of this still long weekend of the new year. And uh, my wife and I were thankful that we were able to fly to Canada. And we were just 10 miles away, 15 miles away from the very first church that I pastored in 1951. That's what, 65 years ago? 64 years ago? No, 64. I think you're probably right. And my wife and I were just young, and the cold then was not so cold. But we were there, and uh, I remember the first year we were there, or, or the second year, it was 64 below zero Fahrenheit for two weeks. But in the summertime, it's beautiful. Even little mosquitoes fly around. And we also have a garden, and everything else is just fine. And we were there just 15, 20 miles away uh, just this past uh, week. And then I s had the privilege of visiting my brother and having a birthday party for him. All his family was there. The community were there. And uh, my wife and I were there. And would you believe it? He celebrated his 90th birthday. Lives at home with his wife. And uh, he walked without any cane. Uh, no problem. And he eats well, sleeps well. And he trusts the Lord. He's been blessed. And he's my older brother. I'm just two years younger than he is. And then we had another brother there who was two years younger than I. The three brothers were there. And then I saw my sister. She's living all by herself, cooks for herself. She goes out once in a while to eat. She's 95 years old. No problem. She walks every day to town and the visits people, and so forth and so on. So she's 95, and I'm only, I'm a young guy, only 88. <laughs> so you're going to have to put up with me for quite a while yet. If my sister is 95, no problem. And you're going to all live a long time too. In fact, you're going to live for eternity. We may rest a little while, but we're going to be blessed by God. 
So when you really think of the uh, scripture reading that we've had, times of beginning, and thank you, Dan, and your good wife for reading. It is interesting that it says, in the beginning, and you've noticed that my sermon title is Half a New Year, because it's the beginning of a new year. And when it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, that was a beginning. And we all have had beginnings. One thing we haven't ever had, and that is a choice to have a father and mother, or when we were born. That's something we didn't have control. But we do have a choice, as you mentioned earlier, somebody in this side, that being born again, that you can choose and have a new beginning. A new beginning. And then it says, heavens and earth, and God saw that all that had made, and it was good, good, good. But here this verse is very good because it was the day that God made, God made Adam and Eve. And after every day, he said, good, good, good. But in, on, on, on the sixth day, when God made Adam and Eve and everything, he said, it was a very, that everything was very good. So I can honestly say that each one of you are very good. Because you're made in the image of God. But you know, he also made us with the power of choice. So you also can choose to be very good, to be God-like, to choose life eternal. And as I've often said, and I'll say it again, that that's the power you have to choose. But you do not have the power to choose the consequences of your choice. Except to say, that if you choose to be on God's side, you know what the consequences will be. You'll have not only life, more abundant life, but eternal life. And you and I have to almost, as it were, be born again every day. As Alwan said, it's so good to be awakened each morning by God. So we can be thankful for so many things. And then it says that in the beginning was a word. Interesting. Another beginning. And you've read that. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. So we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all in one. And in him was life. And that life was the light of men. And the word became flesh and lived for a while among us, referring to Jesus and his birth. And to think that the whole world celebrated the birth of Christ just a few weeks ago. And they commercialized it so much that uh, it's amazing uh, what the world does during Christmas season in selling all kinds of things. And yet, the people went wild and crazy buying gifts for each other. And how few people really realized that each one has received the most precious gift. And that is Jesus Christ, 
who gave. And God himself said, for God so loved the world that he gave, what a gift, his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish. That means that some people will perish if they don't accept that gift. And they'll have eternal life when they accept it. Have you ever received a gift and didn't open it because you didn't want it? Have you ever received a Christmas card from somebody that you decided, or a birthday card that you didn't want to open up and just kind of mail it back? I notice you're shaking your head, you never have. Let me ask you something, have you ever received a summons from a court <laughs> or from the police that you mail it back? and change your address. You know what I mean? There are some things that we don't want, and one thing we don't want is to be led and controlled by Satan. Did I ever tell you that uh, in Hemet, where I pastored, we had a funeral service one time, and there was a new man who was directing that particular service. So I asked him, I says, glad to see you. I'm glad you're here. What were you doing before you came here? And usually you hear, well, I was hired to work with this particular mortuary or whatever. And I knew that a lot of people just quit their jobs because they've retired and they get a job with the mortuary if they look like they can handle that. So he looked at me and he said, yeah. I have been the FBI agent in the Hemet area. I said, really? And then I always ask the question, and this is something you can think of people and ask them. I asked him, and what was one of the worst things that you had to deal with as an FBI? It's interesting. When you ask people questions, they are most of the time happy to tell you. You know what he told me? He says, the worst thing that I had to deal with is whenever a child is missing, that that child has been kidnapped and is taken to a satanic worship, and that little child is sacrificed as a human sacrifice to the devil. And then he told me that in the county between Hemet and San Diego is more devil worshiping going on than anywhere else in the world or America. Now you're saying to me, oh my, that's quite a statement. It is. But let me ask you something. Isn't it interesting that sometimes we forget that we may have a part in our children being exposed to things that will lead them into devil worship. Are you following what I'm saying? And this quarter's Sabbath school is on the great controversy. And that great controversy is real. The Bible is full of it. The hymns that we sing are full of it. And there's no change in the great controversy because Christ and Satan are at war and Lucifer has already deceived one-third of the angels. 
and he's here on earth deceiving many more. But God is so gracious and kind that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He that hath the son hath life. And all the angels, the Holy Spirit, and Christ, all that he's done, and God's blessing upon people, the battle is on. And you know, as well as I know, that God has won through Jesus Christ and Calvary's cross. The victory is there. And for you and me to know that, understand that, there's no reason why we shouldn't be wide awake and enjoy life, have it abundantly, and then also realize that we're going to have eternal life regardless of what happens between the period of now and then. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And then further, you read, we have seen his glory in the glory of one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And the great controversy tells us that Lucifer is trying to deface, deform, misrepresent God and his character, and the battle is on. And you're the one that has to decide as to whether God is really the God he claims to be or whether the accusations of Lucifer against God is correct. And there's a lot of people that have decided that the devil's accusation against God is right. How could they be that way? Why is it that some people are like that? And then we're told that the things in this world are going to be tougher and rougher as time goes on, and the battle will be on, and now you and I are seeing and have seen in the past year certain events that have transpired that we know the end of time is here. And there are many churches and many people in various homes are beginning to study clearly as to what is happening or what has happened in the end time, what is happening right now, and what's going to happen before Jesus comes or before what Jesus prophesied will happen, will happen, and that is this gospel shall be preached into all the world as a witness, and then the end will come. Did I ever ask you the question? I'm sure I have, but I'll ask it again. God has promised that this gospel will be preached into all the world. He's responsible for it, but he wants us to have a part in it. And you know what you had to learn in order to be a child of God, baptized. But I'm wondering if you ever thought of how quickly this gospel could be preached into all the world. How quickly? In fact, could we just reason a little bit and ask this question? How much of the gospel must one hear before they have heard the gospel? Think. You know, it almost seems that a person, that whatever they hear, if it's the truth and they say, I want to know more. They already heard the gospel and they will be led into all the truth. Now or in heaven. Because we'll be studying God's kingdom, God's love, God's character, Christ's sacrifice throughout eternity. And we'll still never fully understand what God's true love really is for each one of us. 
So it's interesting when you think of that, that yes, this gospel can be preached quickly. Think of the thief on the cross when Christ was being crucified and he was there. And he saw, looked at Jesus. Can you imagine how close you could be to Jesus? And see him as he really is and the sacrifice he made? And accept him? And Jesus himself looked at that thief on the cross and said, you will be in the kingdom. And when Jesus says something, that's for real. Would you mind if you made your own little sermon right now? And I will guide you just a little bit. The other thief. He was just as close to Jesus as the first one. Who Jesus said, I'll see you in the kingdom. How close he was to Jesus and yet he's going to be lost. So the real question to you and to me is, how close could you be to God's true love and his gift and still not open it, accept it, and as a result, look at God as if to say, thank you for your love to me. I don't want it. I mean, that's serious. That's very serious. Whether you're young, average age, or as old as I am, that's serious. All have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. That we know, and we've proven to ourselves that we have sinned. But it doesn't mean to say we should be in sin continually. We have the choice. And with the power of God, as you said, with God all things are possible. And God will give you the strength. But you have to know exactly the fact that you and I all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. <coughs> and then further says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new beginning. Beautiful beginning. What a wonderful thing to realize that we are. So what do we do? Close our eyes right now and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I know I've sinned. But this new year, I accept you anew. And please forgive all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And help me to remain your child forever and ever and ever. But don't forget, if you're a child of God, and you're a citizen of God's kingdom. God expects you to prove it. That you're sincere. To behave like you are a citizen of God's kingdom. And then it says here. Therefore if any man be in Christ a new creature. And the old has gone. If we were to try to compare it to. 2015 is gone. There's nothing you can do about it. It's gone. Would it be possible for us to put away all the things with God's help that are sinful and just put it away? It's gone. 
and the new has come. We're a child of God. And then it says, behold, I will create new heavens and new earth. God has promised us more than just creating us. He is going to create an environment for us to be able to live forever and ever and ever and ever. What a gift. And you and I are assured of that type of a promise and a gift. So how can we be sure? I've had to tell my little experience three times since I have been here last within the past week of the fact that there was a time where I felt that I was had no need of anything because I was doing very good. I was a teenager, just 18, 17, 18 years old, a Catholic, belonged to the biggest church, and I felt like I can go to the priest, confess, he gives me absolution right there, I know I'm all right. You know what I mean? And then I learned, I learned a lot, and I chose. And for this new year, I wonder if you and I could take it seriously and believe in what it says in Matthew 18, 3, where it says, Verily I say unto you, that's Jesus talking, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. There's a condition. Try to fool yourself whatever way you want to, but here it says, unless you are born again. The first birth, you have no choice. When and who will give you birth? The second choice, you've got it. You can make that choice. In fact, in another verse, John 3, th uh, 3, it says, Verily, verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It says, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. Another verse, verse 5 says, Jesus said on, unto them, Verily, verily I say unto thee, Verily, verily, says, listen, pay attention. I'm telling you something. Verily, verily. I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. One step after another. One, you've accepted Christ. What do you do after you have? Be born of water and of spirit. The baptistry, just like Jesus was baptized, you promise God, I will follow you in all ways, of the Spirit, can you imagine we're told that before the end of time comes, God will pour out an extra portion of His Spirit for you not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation. You will have experienced it, and you will not be ashamed, and you will share it with whoever God brings before you to share, and you won't be ashamed. Beautiful. Some of these Bible quotes are so wonderful. So what is one of the evidence of this change from eternal death to eternal life? Well, 
I suppose we can read one text that kind of tells us a little bit that says we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love God fully and we love our brethren. Isn't it interesting that you and I are brothers and because we love each other it means that we belong to God and God loves us for God so loved the world that he gave and we're willing to give of our time and whatever way we can to help to encourage each other it's, it's such a wonderful blessing as we look at the messages that found in, in the Bible you know I'll tell you what I would like to share with you that to me is so important. <sighs> May I share with you a little story? If some of you have heard it before, bear with me because some of you maybe haven't. There was two boys that went to school, college, and for the summer they decided to go and visit grandma. She was living all alone on the farm. So they went there and they were so happy to be in the old home place. And uh, the first night at about 11 o'clock, they uh, noticed just before going to sleep that uh, in the hallway, the room that grandma stayed in had a light in it, 11 o'clock. So one boy said to the other, why don't you go and look and see? So the boy said, sure, I'll go. So he looked, and the door was open just a little bit. He looked, and she, she, he saw Grandma leaning over and studying her Bible. And then he went back to the room and told his, his uh, brother, teenager, the following. Grandma is studying for her finals. Those that are going to school understand what it means. Cramming for the finals. That's what he said, cramming. Do you know something? The older I get, the more I realize that there's nothing in this world that is going to last. In fact, take a moment. Look at whatever you want to upon the face of this earth, and there is nothing that's going to be left. After the thousand years, Christ and his saved people come to this world and then fire will come down and destroy the entire world. Nothing is going to be left. And yet we hang on to so many things as if they're going to be ours for eternity. Sure, we need some things between now and then. But the only thing that will be throughout eternity is you and your character, your experience, your acceptance of Jesus as your personal Savior. So if you think about it, it begins to make you realize more fully that that song that you've heard so many times, the things of this world will go strangely dim in the light of his glory 
and grace. So what a good new year we have here. What a blessing it is. And so to me, I feel like Psalms 51, 10 and on, to condense it, here's what it says, means so much to me as an older person. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Then I will teach the transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. That's one experience I'd like to have this coming year. It'll be a blessed experience. And then another one, you know, I told you that I've visited my brother who celebrated his 90th birthday and my other brother took a picture together. It's my brother, who was 90 years old, said, I can't believe that here I am still living at 90. And today, he's in church. He's a wonderful Christian. He only had an eighth grade and then he left school because he was a farmer. But he teaches a Sabbath school lesson. He preaches in church. And he visits people. In fact, there's one time that they happened to have the church uh, promise that they're going to visit a nursing home. And somehow other people had other activities. So my brother Mike and his wife looked at each other and said, well, we're here. Let's go and visit the people in a nursing home and sing. So my brother and his wife go to the nursing homes alone because the other church members had something else to do and they visited them in the nursing home and they sang and they prayed. And my brother Mike told me, he says, you know something? The shocking thing is that if we visited the people in the nursing home, they were all much younger than I am. <laughs> he says, it's just unbelievable. So he was very thankful for even that privilege so, you know, Elaine, should I say this? The more you visit old people in the nursing home, the longer you're going to live. <laughs> because, number one, you'll never want to go to a nursing home because the poor people there are really having a struggle. They really are. Uh, many of them are lonesome. Many of them are there knowing that that's the last place. They won't be able to get out. So it's, it's kind of sad. But God has given you a wonderful experience. He, Christ, was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our, of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. He did everything and took everything that you and I deserved. And he didn't deserve any of it. But he did it for us. So that we can have eternal life. And also have the strength now to witness for him. And uh, be truly a child of God. So God is good. God is wonderful. And maybe in 2 Corinthians Verse five, chapter 5, 17, it says, Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, they are become new. So this year, 
the new year. It's only hardly 48 hours since uh, this new year started. And I know that you're going to make some firm commitments. Not to just be better. Because if you're going to try just to be better, you are training yourself to be a better hypocrite. What you want to do is simply accept the gift that God has given, Jesus Christ. And the only reason you want to accept him as your personal savior is because you know that we've all sinned, have come short of God, and we need Christ and his righteousness to be able to have life and eternal life. So that's what you want to do. But do it and make sure you're serious about it. And there's nothing wrong to even look at people and say, look, I need help. Please pray for me. Take me. Help me. Do whatever you can to help me. And we are told that that's the reason we have a church. And this is the kind of a church that does that very thing. Would you believe it if I may just tell you honestly? The four, five families that just left in the past uh, few months or a year or so ago, all of them are strong Christians. Wherever they've gone to church, they are serving there. They're, they're visiting people. They're having a part in the church service. In fact, I don't know whether you know it or not, but Tom Lejeunet, who was the treasurer here, now is the treasurer of the church that he belongs to in Arizona. Not afraid. And even today, I was told by somebody very special, and you'll be surprised, said, you know what? I'm in another church. We're going to be coming here every uh, twice a month. And once I get my special honors in, in all the training for being a Pathfinder leader, I want to be here to help the young people and train the community even, if possible, to be good Christian Pathfinders. It's amazing how this little church just has people coming in, and then once you're here, if you ever have to go somewhere, you're no more leaving. You're just sent as a missionary somewhere from here. That's the way it is. So God is good, and we don't know what the world is going to be like this year. We know that there's some very dramatic things that are going to happen. And if you've been listening to the news, it's not the best. It's not the best. And all it means is the end of time is coming. And because the end of time is coming, it is the best. The best. No question about it. Because some of the people are going to suffer, suffer, suffer for Christ's sake. Are going to just almost cry out, how long do we have to go through this? And when you're in pain, it doesn't take long for you to say, how long? I can't stand it. And yet we're told that what Christ went through for each one of us, the reason he did is because we can't. But he did it for you and me. So accept that gift and hang on to it because God so loved you, every one of you, that he gave Jesus 
to be the one who is saving you and giving you his righteousness in turn of accepting your filthy rags. And the fact that you have done that, he is our friend, our brother, and we all are brothers and sisters in Christ. So how many wo uh, of you are saying now, you know what? The Holy Spirit has talked to me and I want to make sure that I accept that gift of Jesus Christ. God so loved that he gave and I'm going to open it and I'm going to enjoy that gift to its fullest. Nothing is going to stop me from putting more time, more energy into knowing more about God and the signs of the times and the fact that this gospel will be preached to all the world then shall then come, and you want to be ready when Jesus comes. If you are, please stand to your feet, and we'll have the benediction. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your Holy Spirit, who has a way of touching our hearts and making us understand and realize that the Bible is a guide to each one of us and we can apply things personally to ourselves of how much God loved each one of us that he gave and how much Jesus loved us that he was willing to die for each one of us and to live a perfect life so that he can give us his righteousness as a gift. We accept it and we ask you to help us to appreciate it and to be able to somehow, through your Holy Spirit guiding and molding our lives, sense more fully the meaning of what it means to fully accept Christ as our personal Savior. And then for this year, we pray that you will help us not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but to share it with others. And be led by your Holy Spirit to share it in such a way that people will be happy to hear to understand what we're trying to say. And then they, in turn, will be willing to accept Jesus also as their personal Savior. So bless us and the year ahead of us, for we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.